Flanders, 1916. There was not much comfort out there. Mud would find its way into everything, down the sides of the boots, resting on the foot, until a foot turned green. The greenest feet would eventually be replaced with wood. The thunderous artillery was a constant tormentor. Sometimes at a murmur, sometimes at a rolling thunder shaking the ground. Yet it's when the artillery stopped that was the most concerning. Now, the mud would dry, the shells might miss, but the lice were ever-present. They'd crawl up every inch of you. You'd spend hours killing them, just to find others taking their place. Equal opportunity biters, they didn't respect the country, age, or status. There's something deeply upsetting about being bitten. It's a reminder that even at the top of the food chain, it's still a chain of food. Which makes bedbugs so terrifying, they feed on us when we are at our most vulnerable. This week, we hear from Stephen Nagian, a landlord who discovers his brand new property was crawling with bedbugs, in a story we call The Infestation. There's no risk. And she moved a homeless guy in, and then she bit him, and... There's no risk. You don't really expect somebody to go burn down their own place. You guys want mailbox money? Enough water accumulates on second floor, boom, collapses into the first floor. Being a landlord is so 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 easy. Just get into real estate, baby. This episode is brought to you by Steadily Insurance. Each of our properties are unique. No two properties are the exact same, just like no two tenants are the same. So it's comforting knowing that no matter where investing takes us, Steadily has us covered. They have experience working with unique situations that landlords find ourselves in. See if it makes sense to switch over your rental dwelling insurance over to Steadily. Use our link, lhs.steadilypartner.com. That's lhs.steadilypartner.com. You can find that link in our Twitter bio, Instagram profile, and our show notes. So my name is Stephen Nguyen. I'm a pharmacist, graduated pharmacy school back in 2013 with $250,000 of student debt. In 2017, I dived into real estate investing, you know, started investing in California, transitioned over to Oklahoma, where I currently own 90 units of real estate. And I scaled this huge portfolio while working full-time without any partners, um, with a full-time W-2, with a huge commute. And this 20-unit apartment complex, which is the most recent deal I bought, was one of the craziest stories I've ever experienced in my six-year real estate investing career. So I found my 20-unit apartment complex back in May of 2022, and I reached out to the owner by using a direct mailing campaign. And I I love to use direct mail because you can go straight to the owner. You can talk to them directly. There's no real estate broker involved, and you can figure out what their motivations are. So this owner, you know, I sent him a a letter about six months ago, and he actually hand wrote me back a letter because he lost my contact information. So on that letter he wrote back, he had his number, and he just said, hey, Stephen, call me. So, you know, when I got that letter, reached out and he basically said, hey, you know, I own a 20 unit apartment complex. I've owned it for about 15 years. And, 
you know, I'm basically really motivated to sell this because I want to take this money and dump it into this business that I have. So for me, automatically, when I kind of hear that, I'm like, okay, this guy is motivated. He's willing to play because a lot of times there's a lot of owners who are not motivated. They just want to sky in the crazy high price. They want to gouge you because they know you're from California. They know they assume you have money. So they want a crazy sky in the high price. But he just said, you know what? It's a 20 unit apartment complex. It's two stories. It was built in the 1970s. Um, I bought this, you know, 15 years ago with a local lender. I used to live in the area, but now I moved to New York and I'm just looking to offset some of my properties. So from there, I will typically ask, well, what's the occupancy look like? And he said that, you know, historically, the occupancy has been great. Uh, it was 18 out of 20 units, which is 90% occupancy. And that's good. So usually that indicates that, you know, there's good property management, that uh, he's taking care of the property. But, you know, he was honest and said, you know, I have one unit where it was completely burned out. It burned out like five years ago in 2017 uh, due to a grease fire in the kitchen. A uh, tenant was actually left a tortilla on the, on the stove and left uh, to go to the market. And then the whole basically unit burned down. You know, I didn't want to fix it because it was too expensive at the time. You know, I was a little bit short on capital. And in my mind, I was just thinking, OK, that's not too terrible, right? Like that's maybe that's why he's motivated. The unit was burned down and I got a quote for that. It ended up being about forty, fifty thousand dollars uh, to fix it. So it's, it's not terrible. So I just said, OK, let, let me run some numbers. Um, ran this through at least 10 lenders to see how the deal would pencil out and thought the first lender would say yes. But <laughs> ended up taking me to the 10th or 11th lender um, to get this deal uh, approved. And basically, was they were saying, you know, the loan size was too small. They were concerned about the age of the property. They were uh, concerned about the roof, you know, a little bit on the older end. And then they also were concerned about, you know, the burnt out unit because I was fully transparent uh, with it. So that's why it took me about, you know, 10 different lenders uh, to get that approved. And, you know, once again, I didn't think really much of it at that time. And I just said, this is a killer deal. Like the, the market rents are about $500 a door. So if you have 20 doors, that's 10K a month. Um, the current rents were around you know, 350 to 400. So there's definitely some room to, to move up in rents after some renovations. And I just thought, you know, this thing is collecting around $6,000 a month right now. And that's enough to cover my loan for the purchase price of around 350K. So, you know, he just wanted 350K. And I thought this is a screaming deal. Like this is the price of a condo in California, not even but I can get a 20 unit apartment complex that pays me $6,000 day one. And I have the upside to make it $10,000 after some renovation, after putting about $100,000 of renovation, which most of it was going to that burned out unit. So, you know, when you get under contract, you do a lot of due diligence. I had a property inspector there. He inspected all units, right? All 20 units. I want to leave no stone unturned. I want to get pictures, eyes, ears, doors into all the units. And that's what my inspector did. You know, he went to all 20 units. The other property manager was there to let, you know, us into the units. And he took photos. He had a pest inspector, a roof inspector, AC, HVAC, plumbing, the whole bells and whistles. I, I want to, I never skimp on the inspection. And it came back clean. The inspector said, you know what, the, the roof wasn't as bad as the lender was making out to be. The plumbing was great. 
The windows were newer. The electric panel did need to be replaced in the burned out unit, which makes sense. And then the pest control report came back clean, but he did mention that there was kind of one unit that was full of stuff and they couldn't really get a clean inspection on that. So I just kind of said, you know what? If 18 out of 20 of my units are good, I'm happy. So I ended up, you know, getting under contract and, and, and moving forward with the deal. After I closed on my 20 unit apartment complex, I wanted to hit the ground running because I had a hard money loan on this deal. Um, the traditional lenders didn't like the deal due to the burnt out unit. So I had to go the hard money lender route and it's a lot of pressure. You have 12 months to basically renovate all the units, including a burnt out unit and your loan will be called due in 12 months. So I want to hit the ground running. I had a contractor lined up before I even closed on the deal and he was ready to go and he was motivated and he loved the plan because I had a lot of work for him. It is at a fully burnt out unit. So he was ready to hit the ground running and was super excited. So the first, I think, week that I closed on the deal, he immediately started working in that burnt out unit. You know, we're making excellent progress on the property. I was very happy because usually there's huge delays with general contractors that will say one thing and something else happens, but he met his word. He started renovating on the burnt out unit. And from there, he finished that unit in about a month and he started working the next unit. So I said, this is amazing. Like the burned out unit was the biggest unit. It's the hardest unit required the most permits from the city. So if you can do that in a month, I'm on a good track. I can hit my goal of 12 months, have this 20 unit, you know, grossing $10,000 a month. And this is a home run deal or so I thought, right? So as he started renovating more units, uh, when he was on his second unit, you know, I got a call from my property manager while I was at work. So I literally had to, you know, leave my desk, my office where I had no signal. They actually sent me an email saying, Stephen, I need to talk to you immediately. I just said, okay, like I work in a hospital. I've seen emergencies, you know, real estate, it can't be an emergency, relatively speaking, based on what I've seen. So, I, you know, I stepped out of my office where I had no signal and, you know, I called my property manager and said, hey, like what's going on? And the property manager just said, you know, hey, we just had unit number you know, seven call. And, you know, all last night they felt like something was biting them on their legs. Uh, and, and they just couldn't sleep and they're really frustrated. So, you know, they walked over to our office, you know, the property manager's office was within walking distance actually of the 20 unit and just had a lot of complaints. And I just said, uh, you know, the first thing I thought was, okay, this is just a, a one-off situation. You know, how can we resolve this issue and to keep the tenant happy? Or actually my first question was, do we like this tenant, right? Because when you take over a property, you want to assess, do you like the tenants? Or is this going to be, you know, annoying pestering tenant because when you own 90 units of real estate like I do there's always going to be a pestering tenant that's complaining and it doesn't matter what you do they're going to complain and that's why I thought you know initially for this phone call so property manager said you know what okay let me talk to them see if it happens again and if it happens again uh, maybe we'll look into it deeper so that was you know you know day one and then you know fast forward two more days and I get the same email again saying, Stephen, we, we got to talk again. And then I just said, okay, you know, walked out of my office once again, because, you know, I'm in Pacific time there in central time. So it's typically uh, two hours behind. And, you know, once again, property manager said, hey, uh, tenant in number unit 10 called and, and said that they, they felt like they have a bunch of rashes on, on their, their feet or they felt like they got bit multiple times. Um, but, you know, that tenant has a pet. And, you know, typically for me, I don't like to 
let tenants have pets, um, especially for affordable housing. So I just said, you know, maybe um, the tenant isn't a good fit for this apartment. Maybe their pets brought in some fleas and that's what's causing the bites. So, you know, once again, didn't really think too much of it. And then, you know, two days later, again, now I have units three and four calling complaining. So, you know, at that moment, it started to be like, oh, God, is this something bigger than I inspected? And, you know, I told I pulled up my inspection report from the inspector and I said, you know, the pest control report came clean. Like there is no issues, no termites, no roaches, no signs of any infestation. So, you know, how is this possible, you know, in my mind? And then I just started asking, well, you know, when one tenant kind of gets riled up, a lot of tenants will complain too. Also very common when you take over apartment complex, new owner, people like to complain because um, they're afraid that they're gonna, you're going to raise their rents or you're going to renovate it. You're going to kick them out. You know, they have low rents. So I just thought, okay, this might be a little stunt where, you know, one tenant talks to the next tenant. And, you know, I didn't really think too much of it as well. Just said, okay, let's just give it a couple more days and, and, and see what happens. And then two days after that, I quickly had tenant five, six, seven, and eight. And at that moment, I remember I walked out of my office. I was just had that deer in headlights feel and was just like, oh shit, like this might be a serious issue. This is the first time that I've even thought about having a bed bug infestation or any type of pest issue. And I reached out to, I said, all right, we need to get three bids for pest control immediately, like today, because I don't want these tenants leaving. I want to uh, make sure they're taken care of. And I know that if eight tenants are complaining, they're going to go to the other eight tenants if this is a truly an issue. So I basically got three quotes for inspector and one quote was I think 15,000 and that blew my mind. I actually was angry. I was just like, wait a second, this wasn't built into the budget. That's more than all the rents that I'll collect. This is fully renovated, fully rented out. I said, no way. We need another quote, right? <laughs> Use your contacts. And then I got the second quote. It was around uh, $10,000. I just said, okay, like it's a little more swallowable. You know, it's about one month's worth of rent. And then I just said, let's get a third quote just to do our due, due, due diligence. And it ended up being 9,000. You know, I talked to the pest control guy and just said, like, how are you breaking down this quote? Like, he's like, well, it's based on if the unit's occupied, we charge more because it requires a little more work. And if we, if it's empty, we charge less. So most of my units were occupied and he, you know, did say one unit had a lot of stuff in it and explained to me that the tenants had to remove all their stuff out of all cupboards, the closet, all drawers, put it in the middle and put some saran wrap over it and vacate the property for fumigation, which would last for at least 12 hours. The exterminator, you know, walked the whole property you know, I obviously was far away in California and he was in Oklahoma. So we did like a video chat and he would kind of walk me through some of the units and shared me what he wanted to do. Basically, he said that, you know, bed bugs are, are nasty little critters. You, you have to fumigate all the units. Eight units were, you know, infested by a 20 unit apartment complex. But he said that if I fumigate half the units, the bed bugs are going to run to the other unit that we haven't fumigated. So you have to fumigate all 20 units. And for me, when I took that, you know, that sucks, but it's the cost of doing business, right? And I bought this deal great, you know, for $350,000.
and I was just staring at that $10,000 a month in, in gross rent. So I just said, you know what? This is the cost of doing business. I need to suck it up. So we put notices on all the tenants' doors saying on this date, I think it was a Friday, we're going to go in. You're going to have to move all your stuff into the middle of the room, put some plastic wrap on it, and vacate it for about 12 hours. And, you know, we put notices. A lot of tenants um, complied, complied with that. I had one tenant that we put him three notices. He didn't care. He didn't want to move any of his stuff. And this was the unit that had the most stuff in it. He had so much junk in his unit. It was probably a hoarder unit. And he basically didn't comply. Despite multiple warnings, my property manager actually went out themselves, knocked on the door. He opened it and he just said, you know what? I'm busy. I work. Um, I just can't do it. So the tenants um, during this process, obviously, there's a lot of complaining because there's a lot of work, right? If you've been living in a unit for a couple years to remove everything out of all the cupboards, the closets, put in the middle, nothing on the edges, you know, dressers had to be empty and opened. Like there's a very specific protocol procedure and it just required so much work that you just can move out at that point. If you've taken everything out of your closet, everything out of the cupboard, you just can move out to another apartment complex. Um, and they knew that I was going to raise the rents anyways after renovations. So, you know, tenants, one after the other, were moving out. Like I got notices um, you know, I got two notices immediately. The moment I put on the pest control notice of uh, extermination, I had two tenants immediately leave. So I just lost $600 in cash flow right there. And then after that, on the second notice, I had three tenants leave. And then on the third notice, um, I had two more tenants leave. So right at the gate, I just went from about 15 out of 20 to 7 out of 20. Now it's a high vacancy property and I'm only getting around $2,000 a month. And that wasn't even enough to cover the mortgage. So now I just said, okay, now every month I'm bleeding, um, putting money into this property on top of renovations. So, you know, it became very stressful and it was funny. Some of the tents actually took pictures of their, their legs uh, of all the bites. And I remember seeing the photos because they upload, they sent it to my phone when I was at work. And I saw one tenant, they had at least 20 bites on their legs. And actually that tenant was slightly allergic to uh, the bed bugs. And you could see a little bit of rashes on it. And I just said, oh my God, like, you know, I've seen bad bites in the hospital, but you know, none to that extent. Um, and combine that with the allergic reaction. So I just said, you know what? I feel great that I'm actually fumigating all the units to, to show that I'm doing my job as a landlord. I don't want to be called a slumlord. But basically, when I fumigated it, uh, I fumigated all the units at that point. Half the tents were still there. You know, they were happy that I was taking action from that. But the exterminator was very transparent, saying that you know it's very common. If I fumigate all 20 units, bed bugs will come back, and they do give you a 90-day warranty, so that if you do see bed bugs again, they will come back and fumigate those units. But the unit that they wouldn't warn, give warranty on, was a unit that had a bunch of stuff in it. And in that unit, actually it turns out that that unit was the source of all the bed bugs. That tenant had a bunch of stuff in there. He had a bunch of cardboard boxes and, you know, bugs love cardboard boxes, right? They love to hoard in there. And he just said that he remember when he moved over one cardboard box, he saw a bunch of like um, bed bug shells. So when bed bugs, when they bite you, they'll suck your blood and then they'll shed because they grew. So 
he could see a bunch of the shells. So he just said, you know what, this is probably the source of the unit. And unfortunately, this is the one that the fumigation is the least effective because of all the stuff in there. So we fumigate it. You know, basically I was frustrated with the tenant because I spent all this money to <laughs> fumigate it and he didn't comply. So I did give him a 15 day eviction notice um, for non-compliance, you know, ended up evicting that tenant. You know, we had to take him to court, you know, and then we evicted him. Oklahoma has very friendly landlord laws. And I just said, told my property manager for the next 90 days, I want to be, if there's any signs of bed bug bites, we have warranty. I want to get that unit refumigated. So every month my property manager would go out talk to the tenants, inspect the units for any signs of bed bugs. And for the 90 day window, we actually didn't have any signs. So I just thought, you know what? I spent $10,000, you know, found the source tenant that had a bunch of bed bugs. And what I kind of forgot to mention too, is that tenant was letting homeless uh, women stay over uh, for services. So they would stay over the night, they'd get shelter, they'd get some food, but in exchange for services to keep this uh, PG, if you know what I mean. And had to evict that tenant, wasn't a tenant that we wanted. And I just thought for $10,000, I fixed this issue. But hey, this is just a small bump in the road. Nothing's gonna go smooth in real estate. So at that point, you know, I was just super relieved that I could solve the problem with 10,000. You know, I bought this property at 350, I appraised at 400. So I made $50,000 equity on this deal. And I knew that I could rent out these units for 500 after I finished renovation. So I just thought, you know what? That's the cost of doing business. and Everyone's gonna experience this once you own enough units. So that's why I told myself and you know, pretty happy with the deal overall. I know in the first ad, I mentioned how no two properties are identical. And I know that that's not entirely true, right? You could get track homes, townhouses, build to rent developments. So yes, two properties could technically be the exact same. And the thing is, Steadily can protect those properties too. When you get a quote from Steadily, their technology runs through all the information available on that house, ensuring that in just 20 seconds, they can put together an accurate quote for you. You don't need to wait an entire business day to get an insurance quote. Let their technology do that for you. Test it out on your own. Go to lhs.steadilypartner.com. You can find that link in our Twitter bio, Instagram profile, and show notes. And that link is lhs.steadilypartner.com. You know, Stephen, when you were doing all this research on bed bugs, did like you ever find yourself respecting them? I mean, I've done a little bit of research on bed bugs, and they're just so incredibly resilient. Yeah, I mean, I knew immediately, like in general, like cockroaches, they're pretty resilient. Um, and then bed bugs are pretty resilient. Termites are actually the easiest ones, but I think out of the three, bed, wars, bed bugs were definitely the worst because you don't see them. They bite you and then they go hide and then they hide in little crevices. And then when you fumigate it, they're gonna run away, hide again to avoid the smoke and then run back out again. So that part was scary to me because I didn't. I was afraid that I was gonna spend $10,000 multiple times. But fortunately, I was only able to spend $10,000 one time and didn't really have any bed bug issues, you know, for at least three months after that. So, you know, and it's really nasty. If you Google like bed bug infestations, you see photos of that. That's exactly what kind of my tent's legs look like, as well as what, you know, kind of what the shells and droppings look like. It was really nasty um, looking at it. 
gave me kind of goosebumps. Even till today, when I think about it, it gives me goosebumps <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, I remember doing some research on a, a show that we did. I think it was titled Don't Go in the Garage, which maybe was episode four. And it did a lot of research on bed bugs. And it's like, man, they can go like a year without feeding. It's just, ugh, it's just, just gross. Just gross, gross, gross. So you had to deal with bed bugs, but you also had to deal with a grease fire. I'm kind of curious. What do you think was worse? Um, to be honest, the grease fire I knew about during the inspection report and the owner was very transparent up front. So I had a cost associated that already allocated for that. So I think I wasn't really stressed about the burnt out unit. I think the bed bugs a little bit more stressful, just given the fact that it was $10,000 of unexpected expense. It caused about half my tenants to leave, which cut my cash flow in half. Um, you know, I was going to renovate those units anyways and have to move out those tenants anyways, but it just kind of expedited the process um, faster than I would like. You know, ideally I would like to, you know, finish two units, then move out two units, and then finish two units, move out two units. But I basically had eight tenants leave immediately. Um, and that just kind of hit my cash flow a little bit. Um, so I had to reallocate my funds um, to pivot to cover the, that expense because now I was losing money every month. and even more pressure now right to finish these renovations faster and to rent out these units faster um because now i'm actually bleeding money versus getting some money that could cover my basic costs cost yeah that's what i was kind of thinking with a grease fire you see the damage with bed bugs you don't typically see them unless you really go out there looking for them and also those bed bugs they spread Right. So all of a sudden you've got multiple units with bed bugs with the grease fire. So I so long as you've got a fire extinguisher, right, it's probably pretty localized. Now, going to your day job, right, working in a hospital, being a pharmacist and you're seeing these pictures coming in from your tenants. Right. And you're seeing like rashes and just all the nastiness. Was there part of you that was kind of like intrigued by it? Like if you could put your pharmacist and your medical hat on when you're getting those photos, kind of what was going through your head? Yeah, I definitely was intrigued about it because we, we did learn about it in pharmacy school, like the difference between bed bug bites, flea bites, uh, mosquito bites. And if you work in like a typical retail pharmacy, usually those people will come to the counter and they'll show you their rashes. So I, I was kind of used to it, you know, when I was interning at a retail pharmacy, but in a hospital, usually you don't see it as much because we have more severe injuries. But it was just kind of crazy just seeing the bites. And, you know, I clearly knew it was a, a mild allergic reaction because it, it'll be a little bit red. It's raised. You can see a little bit of like white pus in it. So, you know, definitely felt empathetic, you know, on my healthcare side of me. You know, I don't want to do harm to people, um, especially as a landlord and as a healthcare provider. So, you know, immediately I just thought, oh, you probably need to put some steroid cream on that for the anti itch. If it's really itchy, you can take some, you know, Benadryl, Claritin, or you can, um, like I said, just use some topical steroid cream. So immediately that's what kind of my hat was. And I did tell my property manager to tell the um, tenant that like, hey, you know, sorry for the experience, but you can do these over-the-counter products to help uh, make yourself feel more comfortable. So I would, was actually giving the tenant some medical advice and just say, just go to your local pharmacy, but this is what I would recommend um, as a pharmacist based on my medical training and my medical opinion. So it was kind of interesting that it kind of meshed my medical career with pharmacy or with real estate. I always thought they're a little bit separate, but kind of shows that they actually meshed pretty well in this case. Yeah, there's some overlap there. Oh, man, I, I'm just getting just thinking about bug bed bugs makes me like all itchy and just. ugh. But at least, you know, you're able to provide like actual meaningful next steps like, you know, this this sucks first off. But here are just some tips to help alleviate your situation right now. And, you know, I'm working with an exterminator. We're going to get it fumigated. So 
at least, you know, you're not a slumlord. You weren't letting the problem fester, pun intended there, I guess. So, Stephen, I like to get into the last two questions I ask all of my guests. The first one is, has real estate been a net positive or net negative on your life financially? I would definitely say real estate's a net positive in my life. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of stressors that happen, but that's the cost if you want to pursue financial freedom. That's the cost if you want to retire yourself from your W-2 job. And that's just the cost that you have to be willing to do if you want to dive into real estate. It's a never-ending game, and I'm sure it's going to happen again to me uh, in my career, my real estate career. Yeah, you own enough units, you'll see enough stuff. You know, hopefully, hopefully you don't get bad bugs again, though. Hope you get something a little bit more benign next time around. <laughs> Uh, Stephen, my last question for you is, what would you tell someone who is thinking about becoming a landlord and they just heard that story? What would you tell them? You know, I would tell them that, you know, looking in, in the moment, it's going to feel terrible. It's going to feel shitty. You're going to hate yourself. But after you get through it, just know that you can solve any problem with time and money. And the key is just to focus on solving the issue, keeping a level mind, and just knowing that at the end of the day, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, which is a small blip in the grand scheme of things. Right. Because like I said, this apartment complex now, I am grossing $10,000 a month. And if I did have to fumigate again, um, it, I just would take one month full of rent to cover it. It sucks. But I've been collecting $10,000 a month for the past three months now. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel and don't get discouraged. And it's always going to happen. And it may happen again. Right. Because right now I had to fumigate one unit, um, not the whole part 20 units, but one unit again this past week. Because uh, we had more complaints of a bed bug bite. But this time we were prepared and we actually had a routine exterminator come to spot clean, you know, the, the units and to prepare the outside so they don't come in. So, you know, we're more prepared now. We know what to do. And for the rest of my investing career, I know how to treat bed bugs, right? So I can't get any worse than this time. The key is to learn from it and to be more proactive moving forward. So next time I'm going to be a lot more diligent with my inspections especially the pest control inspections from this experience. So everything's a learning experience and you just got to move forward from this. And you can't let it take you down. That's what I would tell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, you know, another great, great reason to have uh, reserves on the side for just something like this that might come up. Steven, if people like the cut of your jib, where can they find you? Yeah, you can reach out to me at YouTube. Just uh, Google or search Stephen D. Nguyen. Uh, I have a bunch of YouTube videos there where I talk about uh, multifamily real estate and you can also search making multifamily money on Instagram. Uh, post a lot of you know short clips there where I'll talk about what I'm going through if you want to learn about what I'm doing in more real time. Awesome. I'll be sure to have all those links in the show notes. Steven, thank you again for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much, Dan. Really appreciate it. I don't need to tell you that people love to hate on landlords online. I get my fair share of it. If you do a lot of stuff on social media, I'm sure you get it as well. But the thing is, we are responsible, right? We are responsible for giving comfortable and safe housing. And as Stephen just went through with his story, it can be challenging at times, right? Like you could go through, spend $10,000, you can do everything right to try and eradicate bed bugs or cockroaches or whatever the case might be, but it might not go through, right? They might find crevices and, and holes in the property and they might not all get exterminated. Or you might have some tenants who don't, you know, are not helpful, right? They don't put all their stuff in the middle. They don't use the plastic bags that are given to them. And you got to do it again and again and potentially as many times as it takes. But that's the responsibility that we take on when it comes to being a landlord, right? That is the price that we pay for the cash flow, for the depreciation, the loan pay down. 
that is a price that we pay. So let's circle back to World War I. This horrible conflict was an introduction to what modern conflict looks like. Entire nations were mobilized to fight, produce, and support the war effort, really for the first time. Historians love to fawn over the new technologies such as tanks, airplanes, and telephones. They also love to delve into the darker sides of this conflict, namely chemical weapons. Gases that were engineered to be delivered and kill everything in their path. Yet after the war, scientists realized that these gases could be harnessed to kill the same creatures that tormented the trenches of the First World War. Cockroaches, rats, bedbugs, lice. In the decades that followed, companies would be started that would tend off entire structures, bathe a home in poison gases for days on end, enabling humans to enjoy those spaces without those nasty critters. While humans have the ability to forgive those with the help of time, we lack the ability to forgive those that treat us as food, ensuring that we stay on top of the food chain. Before we end things, we have a quick note that we are going to be taking a break. This is the end of season one, and we're going to take a couple months, focus back on real estate, because putting these shows together, as much fun as it is, it takes a lot of time. Corralling guests, doing all the sound design, the creative, all that to put together an awesome show for you. So we're taking some time off, and we're going to be coming back with season two in a couple months. But in the meantime, do you have a crazy story about being a landlord? Pitch it to us. Use a link in our bio and record a 60-second pitch right off your phone. No fancy camera or microphone is needed. Or you can shoot it to us as a DM on Twitter at ResilientREI. This episode was written and produced by me, Dan from Resilient REI. Sound design coming from MZ Studios out of Hotter Than Hell, Dallas, Texas. Hello, my name is Nate. I'm a landlord from Ohio. Please remember being a landlord is not passive, but don't let these stories dissuade you. Every challenge has a solution and you'll figure it out. Just keep making things happen.